Basketball can be a mysterious sport. The team whose logo is in this envelope will have the first pick in the NBA draft. Watch James. Now wanted a timeout, but too late to get it. And five minutes go up on the clock, overtime here in game one. Will Giannis win a title in a Milwaukee Bucks uniform? It's hard for me to say that, Jay, considering how loaded the Lakers are. I don't know if you've been watching uh, Taylor Horton Tucker over the last couple of days. But what if those mysteries could be solved? What if those conspiracies are reality? Truth is out there. Can you handle it? It is Sunday, February 5th. We are just a few days away from the Thursday trade deadline day, the most active NBA media day of the year, and we already have some crazy news. Let's start from news broke today, earlier today. I'm sure you already heard of it if you're paying attention to the NBA. So let me do a really quick recap of the events. On Friday morning, the 3rd of February, Shams reports that Kyrie has asked for a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. That comes a few days after he says he's trying to work out an extension with Brooklyn. And a few weeks after he says he's not going to leave his man, seven, Kevin Durant, behind by, you know, leaving Brooklyn. Uh, After that... Shams reported that the Nets offered Kyrie an extension with stipulations. Maybe that there's a guarantee he only gets money if they win a championship. Full details on that haven't been released yet. Maybe we'll hear a little bit more now that Kyrie has been shipped out. Shams later that day reported that the Suns, Lakers, and Mavericks were in on Kyrie. And then Chris Haynes reported that the Nets were going to sit Kyrie until a trade finalized on February 9th, trade deadline day. Sam Amick reported that the Lakers, two firsts, 27 and 29, and their young players, meaning Austin Reeves, Max Christie, were on the table if Kyrie agreed to a two-year extension with the trade, which aligned the years with LeBron James's contract. Jeannie was reportedly on board with this, but Kyrie wanted a four-year max this summer, which I assume is what stalled their talks. Law Murray over at The Athletic reported that the Clippers are might be all the way in on Kyrie. John Wall, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, and Robert Covington were the most likely candidates to be moved. And then earlier this afternoon, I really didn't think any trades, let alone a Kyrie trade, were going to happen until deadline day. Usually it's a quiet before the storm, the days leading up to the deadline. And I've got it pulled up here. Shams Karania earlier today. What was it like? Four hours ago? Four hours ago, almost exactly, breaking, the Brooklyn Nets are trading Kyrie Irving to the Dallas Mavericks for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a first-rounder, and multiple second-round picks. The uh, Mavericks are also getting Marcus Morris, or Markeith Morris, sorry, excuse me, in that deal. Dre, give me your initial reactions to the trade that broke earlier today. It's been a very interesting 48 hours. Um I'm sure this, like, once the news was announced that 
he was going to, or that he was requesting a trade, it kind of hit all of us out of nowhere. Just because Brooklyn, it seems like there's been less drama than when you're in Brooklyn, at least with the KD Kyrie era, where there's been like less drama. Probably this season and a little bit of the first season. So they're playing well. Kyrie's playing well. KD, the clicking. KD goes out. Kyrie's playing well, but the team is kind of on a losing side because of missing one of their stars. Seems like everything's going well. And then this happens. Um, right. and the Nets are talking extension. Um, Nets don't want to give them long-term deals. I know Nets Twitter is very upset about that. You know, seem like Joey, the most favorite right now in the city of Brooklyn at the moment. But it's very interesting. But I, I will be honest. I mean, ever since the um, the news was announced, I was really on Dallas. I know people wanted LA. I know. People wanted the LeBron reunited and everything. I was thinking if there was any other team that could really use Kyrie, you know, everybody knows it's essential for the Dodgers to get another star alongside him. We've been saying that practically since the offseason, Jalen Brunson ended up going to New York. I know Jalen Brunson at that time wasn't known as a star, but with his emergence in the playoffs, we were all thinking like he needs another guy next to him. Christian Wood, I like him a lot. He's not necessarily that second star that you would want. But now I feel like with Kyrie, I think it's a good trade. The only downfall of the trade is that they did have to kill some wings. Obviously, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is gone. Spencer Dinwiddie is gone. I know that I know they still got um, guys like Tim Hart Jr. and others. So I'm really interested to see if they make enough on the trade, on the day of the day, and see if they can find us another wing. But now, I mean, honestly, I mean, if they can do that, I think Dallas would be off to the races. Right now, you know, Lucas emerges, you know, Dallas can at least get to the playoffs per se. So we'll see what happens. Uh, it's funny that you say this is like the chillest season of the Brooklyn Nets since Katie and Kyrie and James Harden all teamed up because I don't necessarily disagree with you. And we still had the Kevin Durant trade request in the summer. Mm-hmm. We had <clears throat> Kyrie anti-Semitic movie that he shared and that whole saga that lasted like two, three weeks in the fall. And then Kyrie's trade request. It's still been a very hectic season for the Brooklyn Nets that has ended, or at least this part of it has ended with the Kyrie Irving trade. I like that you mentioned Brunson because the the Mavericks are kind of known for this. Just terrible asset management. Maybe the worst asset management in the league. They could have signed Brunson to a four-year, like, $56 million contract. Something super, super, like, cheap considering his talent. Um, last year and declined to give him that extension. Then he signed a hundred million plus contract with the Knicks that he has wholly Mm -hmm. deserved snubbed from the all-star list, depending on who you prefer. And now they've had to trade assets like real assets, Dorian Finney Smith, who in my opinion is one of the best three and D guys in the league. That's not a borderline all-star, let alone all-star Spencer Dinwiddie, who you can live without. He's on a medium contract. He's a goodish player. First round pick, unprotected in 2027. It might be 2029. Uh, There was some conflicting reporting on that. And two second round draft picks. For a guy who I'm not saying this is – he's better than Brunson. Let's be fully honest about that. Kyrie Irving is a better player than Brunson by a, you know, a large margin. But for a guy who does the same – similar things that Brunson did in that scheme – score, take pressure off of Luca, play make, and especially when Luca is off the floor, you have someone that can still run the offense, run the engine. 
And instead of keeping Brunson, they've now traded real assets for Kyrie Irving. And if, if Kyrie wants to stay, they'll have to pay him significantly more than even Brunson is currently making on his deal in New York. Just terrible, terrible uh, asset management from the Mavericks. Really disappointing. I like the fit. I think Kyrie uh, adds a lot to that offense with that Luka is putting historic numbers in, but they are struggling. I just don't really know where the defense comes from. Reggie Bullock maybe starts at the three. I like him as a defender, but he has looked really bad so far this year. So unless we see like a post-All-Star break resurgence from him, I'm not so sure how good he's going to be. Josh Green has had ups and downs this year. He's still a really inexperienced player. Maxi Kleba has been out for most of the season with a hamstring issue. If he's able to return, I think he slots into the starting four position pretty easily. <clears throat> I don't think you start Christian Wood with 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 Luca and, and Kyrie. You need a rim protector like Dwight Powell or even JaVale McGee, who hasn't played that well this year. I think it's a good move for the Mavericks this year. The West is as wide open as we've ever seen it. There's not a clear favorite. Even the guys that we like, like let's say Denver or Memphis, have really good teams, are inexperienced. They haven't really gotten to that level before. And Luka has beaten teams, like teams that are built better than the Mavericks by himself. We saw that with the Suns last year. We've seen it with you know teams like Utah. And now he's got a guy in Kyrie Irving who's won a title before. And he has scored in the biggest moments. For this year, I think it makes sense. But I'm really, really worried about what it means beyond this year. Dre, what do you think about the return that the Nets got for Kyrie in Brooklyn? I mean, it's cool. Um, Like, that's why I knew it was kind of tough, though, because apparently, you know, if you are getting rid of a guy like Kyrie, you know, you're going to have to bring somebody kind of a star type. You know, I know Dorian Finney-Smith is a really good thing, but that's the thing. Like, you know, he's not Kyrie, though. So it's a little bit tough. I mean, I mean, who won the trade? I mean, clearly I would say Dallas. But, you know, looking at it from a whole, I mean, I don't – I mean, to me, I think if I had to, like, really – you know, KD coming back with this new research um, Nets team, I mean, I think I think that they're still a pretty decent team. I think that, I think that they could still compete with probably teams like Philly and what have you, but – I don't know. I just think that I don't know. To me, I just think they need to get something else, possibly if they can get anything else. You know, possibly another star caliber point guard per se. But I mean, that's just me. Dallas. I mean, I mean, but at the, I'm sorry, but, sorry but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, he's been there before, and you know, he he has some good moments during his time in Brooklyn. So I guess you could say that's a plus. So maybe we could possibly see him. Maybe we could possibly see him and KD. You know, possibly make something happen. Uh, Dallas obviously got the best player in the deal in Kyrie Irving. I'm not sure for me that that necessarily means they won the trade. I mean, they're dealing a guy who requested a trade in the summer, requested a trade a week ago, requested a trade from Cleveland when he was there, told Boston he was going to resign, didn't resign, and he didn't sign an extension with Dallas. So Dallas has no guarantee that he stays more than this half a season. To get a let's say, uh, a high-level starting caliber wing in Dorian Finney-Smith, a starting caliber point guard in Tim Hart- in, in, uh, 
and Spencer Dinwiddie, both of them on longer-term contracts, a first-round pick that's very valuable, and two second-round picks, I think that's a very great return for a guy that wasn't going to return to Brooklyn and might not even return to the team that traded for him. Um, you're right, though. I don't, I don't know if this is the last move for Dallas, let alone Brooklyn. Dallas still has guys like Christian Wood, who's been on the trade market the whole season. They still have a first-round pick they could move. Um Reggie Bullock's name has been floated in some trade rumors. I think Philadelphia was a little bit interested. And if they want to go in for another star-level type of guy, they can package a first-round pick with Jaden Hardy, who's played himself into, um, I would say, the value of a mid-to-late first-round really pick. Like He's worth around that. I don't think he's going to get minutes with Kyrie, and if they're staggering Kyrie and Luca's minutes, I don't know if they can play together. So I don't know how, what his minutes are going to look like for the rest of the year. So you could still package guys. Tim Hardaway Jr. is on a pretty big contract. You could bring guys up. I wouldn't be surprised if they got into the Jay Crowder sweepstakes because they need that wing dev defense super bad. But Dre, on the Brooklyn side, who do you think? Who do you? Who could you see being on the move for a follow-up move to this? They still they've got like three first-round picks to play with. You know, they they suddenly have a, an okay level of assets to make moves. So this is this is kind of a guy that's on my list. I don't know if it can happen. I don't even know if Brooklyn can really even like can really even like put up like a package to even make this deal done. I know that he's by no means Kyrie Irving, but. He's a pretty solid player, you know. He's a champion, but I don't know if I don't know if the Nets could possibly get a guy like I don't know Fred VanVleet type, you know, who's in Toronto. Toronto is, you know, obviously, you know, I think they should probably possibly go into the rebuild mode. I think that they should possibly move on from guys like Siakam and the rest of those guys. I don't know if they can make it happen. And I know by no means he's not a Kyrie Irving type player, but he's still a guy that can produce, especially in the playoffs. FVV is pretty interesting, especially if they want to go at the guard position. I'd keep an eye on Ben Simmons. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm trying to move him. Like, I'd move him to San Antonio for Pirtle and Josh Richardson today. And I'd maybe even would put in like a protected pick with Simmons if they would ask for that. Because um, now that Kyrie's gone. If you're a guy that's making $30, $35 million on your contract, people are going to expect things out of you, especially if you don't have two guys that are making more money than you and are better offensively than you. Now Kyrie is gone, and I feel like more responsibility is going to fall on Ben, and I just don't think this is the team for him to do that on right now. Do they maybe start him at the point like Philly did, and now they've got like another big point guard, and Kyrie's gone. Maybe they fill Ben Simmons there, and – uh, they rock with like Simmons, Royce, Dorian Finney, Kevin Durant, and Nick Claxton, just go all defense and KD. I don't hate that, but the shooting isn't awesome in that, right. that lineup. So That's you, maybe you move him. Like, so let's talk about the projected new and improved starting lineup for Brooklyn. Obviously, yeah. you got Ben. Ben can be the point guard. We know KD's going to be there. We know Claxton's going to be there. Yeah. Um, who else are you starting Dorian, okay. Because I was going to say either him or TJ Warren, but I, I would go Dorian. TJ hasn't been good enough to start this year. He's he's shown some ability to get the buckets, but he's nowhere near an NBA level defender right now, and they can't afford to start him. I think 
I think the lineup that we just talked about, Ben Royce, Dorian, KD, and Claxton makes a lot of sense. But I think in the regular season, you probably swap out Royce for Spencer Dinwiddie just to get like a little bit more offense in that in that lineup because you really do need guys that are going to score. KD can't drop 50 every single night, although I think right. if you want to, you probably could. Um, something like that. I think Dinwiddie's in the starting lineup. I think it comes down to Dorian versus Royce for that last spot. Um, I've heard rumors that they might be into some centers, which I don't really get. Like, I like Pirtle. I don't know if he can play with Claxton. So then do you start Pirtle and you bench Claxton? You bring him off the bench? I don't know if that's great for a guy who's kind of broken mm-hmm. out this year. Dre, any thoughts on that or any thoughts on the Mavericks projected new lineup? Um, that's that's interesting, though. I mean, we can talk about the projected Mavs line. I mean, we mentioned that we don't think that Christian would. At least, at least to me, at least from like yeah. a mobility perspective, like you know, like he's not the type of guy would want to run pick and roll with, like you know, Luca would want to run pick and roll with, or Kyrie would run pick and roll with. Like, so I would definitely be so for a guy like of Javel McGee or a Dwight Powell who definitely breathes more yeah. on the defensive protection. Um, I mean, I was you know, Kyrie, Luca, that's your backcourt. Um, they don't have a wing right now, so I would probably assume maybe a guy like THJ. THJ, right Reggie Bullock, probably THJ. Yeah, Reggie Bullock. So, yeah, you can have that. Then you can say both Dwight Powell and, I mean, Dwight Powell and a guy like, or maybe, I guess maybe Klebo, you know, when he's healthy, can be your foreman, if you want to say, if I, they want to go with that. If he's healthy, I think he's easily the foreman, but it all depends on his health, yeah. Exactly. And then you could possibly go, however, if you want to go smaller, big, either Dwight Powell or Javel, and you get the five-man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm sure they'll experiment with Wood. I just think the defense would be atrocious, although we found a thing with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. When they were all healthy in Brooklyn, they scored just too much to have to care about defense. That is a possibility in Dallas if Wood is really on his game. But for defense, I agree. Powell or JaVale, Dwight's been better this year. JaVale's had a bad year, so probably go with him. Maybe they end up with another center because they can move guys like THJ's on a big contract, Jaden Hardy, things like that. Um, uh, but it's it's just a bit of a headache, I think. I'm kind of tired of Kyrie talking about, you know, being a martyr and an issue, and then these things happen. I hope we get six months or however many months there's left of the NBA season of just him. Or I don't mean, I don't mean to make it seem like he can't talk. He can talk all he wants. I, I'm just. It always just seems to be the same message, and it doesn't seem very productive. But it would be nice to see him play some ball, and we could focus on how good he is at basketball for for a little while. Um, Dre, any final thoughts on the Kyrie trade before we move on to all the trade rumors that I have written down here? Oh, man. Um, I guess I could say RIP to 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah, the Brooklyn saga. They won one single playoff series. Yes, Crazy. James Harden was injured in the second of the first minute first play of that second series against Milwaukee, and Kyrie had some injury issues too, but one series win with those three, and then Katie and Kyrie, one series win after they got swept by the Boston Celtics last year. In addition to with Kyrie, there has to be rumors of Katie because Katie asked for a trade in the summer. 
after a couple of weeks, they decide to kick it. They're going to be in Brooklyn for a little while. He's still got – he'll have three years on his deal after this year. Yeah, that, that is honestly interesting, though. That's interesting to see, you know, what the future looks like for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. You know, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, he did request a trade during the offseason. Right, right. Obviously, a lot of teams, they didn't want to – they would they didn't want to move their young assets for – and, I'm, I mean, we know that KD is KD. You know, we all know that he is a superstar by any means. but. Yeah. I think one of the biggest concerns is, you know, of course, you know, he's getting up there in age, but also KD has had a big injury history over the last like four to five seasons. So I think that is also a big thing as well. So a lot of That's teams true. didn't want to get rid of their young assets for like, like Kevin Durant, who, I mean, like I said, we don't know who he is, but so is it going to be the same? It was smart for both parties, the Nets and the and, and Durant, to, to go into the year and actually play with each other because uh, Durant had just got swept by the Celtics in the playoffs. He didn't look particularly good in that series. And in the summer, you're always looking for the future, right? You're looking at who's coming in or your young guy that just completed their rookie year and you're excited to see the sophomore year. You're always focused on that and not necessarily the present. Now we see a little bit more of the reality. We see guys that are struggling. You know, Scotty Barnes was completely untouchable in KD trades over the summer. And now that he's struggled for a lot of this year and KD before he got injured was a top four, five MVP candidate in the league scoring like crazy. The Nets were winning a lot of games. He's cemented himself as we always knew as one of the best players on the planet. And that's worth a lot. There's two rumors right now. I didn't see a follow-up. I just got a notification that apparently the Nets had a call with the Raptors about a quote-unquote subsequent deal after the Kyrie trade. Assumedly, that's about Kevin Durant, as well as Chris Haynes. Uh, his name's Chris Haynes, right? Yeah, Chris Haynes mm-hmm. uh, reported that the Suns will pursue Kevin Durant if available. My personal take is that it's not going to happen at the deadline. Unless someone makes like a crazy, crazy, crazy offer and the Nets have no choice but to take it, I think the Nets – will ride with this team and whoever else they pick up at the trade deadline into the playoffs one more time with KD. They'll lose in the second round or the first round. And then in the summer, it's going to be an all-out bidding war for Kevin Durant. And this time, they will get the the big package, the massive package for Kevin Durant, You know, the Rudy Gobert plus Paul George type of package that we've been theorizing since – KD originally asked for a trade in the summer. Dre, what are your thoughts on KD? Do you think he gets dealt at the deadline? Do you think it's in the summer? Any other thoughts before we move on? I think it'll be in the summer. I think he'll finish yeah. out this year in Brooklyn. And depending on what may happen during the play, I think or I don't stick with the team, you know, like, I think the control, especially because he's got an extension. And that's what we saw even last season, you know, during uh, like when he when he originally was a trade, you know he ended up signing forty forty extension. So at the end of the day, the Nets don't necessarily have to move. I mean, considering that Kyrie is gone, you know they might want to go in a new direction. So might, I mean, that's what makes that happen. Yeah, if I'm the Nets and I can get picks in Scotty Barnes or picks in uh, Brandon Ingram for Kevin Durant, I got to do that like ten times out of ten, just restart with some young guys. But we'll probably. Um, 
follow up on this conversation in the summer because neither of us think it's going to happen at the deadline. Mike Scotto of Hoops Hype, eh, credibility, he's not like the most legit source, but he reported that the Knicks and Jazz have had conversations about the Knicks sending Obi Toppin, Evan Fournier, and Drift draft pick compensation to the Jazz for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Dre, what's your feeling on that? I don't know. It's 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 a little rough. I, I like Jared Vanderbilt and I like Malik yeah. Beasley, but I don't know if I don't know if that's really something that I would do, like to get rid of a guy like Obi Toppin. I mean at the end of the day anybody should want to get try to get rid of Evan Fournier, but I like Obi I like Obi Toppin. I think the Knicks really like Obi Toppin his energy. Yeah. Is he the greatest player by any means? No, but you know, I do love the energy that he brings to the second unit. And he really plays well. You know, he's able to handle the ball, he's able to space the floor. You know, we all know that his high athleticism. So me personally, I'll probably go to no on that one if I'm New York. I kind of agree. I like Fando. Um, I think the Jazz the reports are that the Jazz are asking for a first-round pick and reply for Van Nel, and I actually am okay with that evaluation. He plays a hell of a lot of defense. At age 23, he's one of the most athletic energy guys in the league. The offense is a huge work in process, and that shot is ugly, but the defense is there, and the energy is there. He's definitely someone you want off the bench or in death lineups. If you're a contender, I just don't really see the fit with New York. Like if you start him at the three, you have this big massive three and that's cool. But then him Randall on half of the nights and Mitch Robinson aren't shooters. So it's just RJ and Jalen Brunson. And even RJ isn't shooting well this year. So your only shooter there is Jalen Brunson. And then Malik Beasley, who I like, I don't think he's necessarily worth a first, but if you got like him and like, somebody else or like a couple seconds back for a first, I could see that three and D wing. What, um, what New York needs, but he's not big either. He's like six, five. So if you start him at the three with RJ and Jalen Brunson, you're, your three guys there are six one, six three, and six five. You've got a small lineup there and then Randall and, and Robinson. So I don't love it. I get the reason for getting off the Fournier contract, but if it was Fournier and Toppin, I could see it. If it was Fournier and Picks, I could see it. I just don't see why you would give them Fournier with Toppin and Picks. It seems like an overpay there. Uh, Chris Haynes reported. Let's see on what on he has a new podcast with Mark Stein, who's also a newsbreaker in the NBA. They have a podcast called Hashtag This League Uncut. I have not listened to it, but I found some reports. OG wants. Yeah. OG Ananobi, this is from Chris Haynes on that podcast, wants a bigger role and would prefer a new home. The reports are that the Pelicans are very in on him and maybe bidding against the Grizzlies. Shams, in a different report, listed the Knicks, Pelicans, Suns, and Pacers as teams to watch in OG trade talks, and that the Knicks are likely the team offering three firsts for him in deals. Dre, what are your thoughts on OG and the teams rumored to be interested in him? I think somebody should get him. Um, I know that we mentioned in Memphis before, but... Honestly, I'm not. I don't blame OG for wanting a bigger role. Like, I don't really the best of what he could be. I mean, we all know what he brings to the table defensively. He provides some offense, but I think that I think that he still has a little bit more in the back that maybe we have not seen throughout the course of his career. That maybe he can be at least you know it could be possibly like the Jeremy Grant syndrome. You know, once he left Denver and went off to you know, like Detroit, it could be like Gary yeah. Trent. 
junior, like, you know, once he was in Portland and then went to, went to uh, Toronto. So, I mean, it could be one of those situations. I'm not saying that OG and Anobi could be a star, but he could, pro- like, probably for the right team, he could provide a little bit more than Toronto. So, and on top of that, you know, the Fred Van Vliet situation, I feel like it's I feel like it's possibly time to just restart from and uh, restart over and just rebuild. So if you can find anything for OG and Anobi, if you can get first round picks, if you're a playoff contender, I would say go for it. Yeah, if you're getting three firsts for him on Toronto's side, I'd do that deal. But I think the Pelicans, the Suns, and the Grizzlies, in my opinion, are gonna back off from offering a bunch of picks. Because those three are going to wait until the summer for Kevin Durant. They don't want to spend three picks on OG Ananobi at the trade deadline and then miss out on trying to bid on Kevin Durant in the summer. So I would expect the Pelicans, the Suns, and the um, Grizzlies to back off of OG trade talks because of this Kyrie trade, which leaves the Knicks and the Pacers. I love the fit for the Pacers. I was watching them earlier this afternoon against the Cavaliers, and they've got – no size. They're starting Tyrese Halliburton, who's a big point guard. He's like 6'5". But next to Andrew Nemhard, who's like 6'3". Uh, next to uh, Aaron Naismith, who's 6'5". And Buddy Heald, who's like 6'6". And then their center, Miles Turner. They need a wing super bad. They've been in rumors for Obi Toppin, but OG Ananobi would be a sweet, sweet pickup for them too. He can play the three, the four. He can probably play some small ball five, like super, super small ball five. Um and if they have the picks, I think they have two picks. I actually think they might have three picks in this 2023 draft. You want to send all three of them for OG? I actually don't think that's too bad because it's not like the Pacers pick is going to be a lotto. They might make the playoffs this year. In fact, they probably will make the playoffs this year. Um, but the Knicks, I just don't I, – I get it. I think we just talked about them not having size. They could use a big wing. You know, Brunson, RJ, OG, Randall, and Mitch Robinson is cool on paper, but it's only one all-star, and that's if you count Brunson after he got – so two if you count Brunson being snubbed because Randall was an all-star this year, neither of which are superstars or are going to be an all-NBA roster. So not top 15 players in the NBA. OG's not that either. So you have – I think like a pretty close to that Carmelo team that they have with Stoudemire and guys, I just don't really get them offering so much draft equity for a guy that doesn't take them over the top. Dre, one last thought on the OG stuff before we move on. Um, I really have nothing, man. I mean, I mean, like okay. I said, honestly, I mean, he could possibly get a bigger role. Like I think I contend he can, he can produce, you know, for somebody. Yeah. So I mean, that's really all I have to say. Yeah, I, I'd I'd be into him for the right price. We talked about Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt already. Shams had another report that the Jazz and Hawks had recently discussed a deal surrounding John Collins for Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Apparently, the Jazz also asked for a first rounder as well, which is when the talk stalled. I think John Collins from Beasley and Vanderbilt is very nice, straight up. Beasley adds another defender and a shooter to the Hawks scheme, especially if they trade Bogdan Bogdanovich. 
who's in a lot of trade conversations right now. And Jared Vanderbilt is like a forward version of Onyeka Kongu. That means they probably can't play in the same lineup together, but they can add a lot more defense to this team for John Collins, whose contract is, I guess, becoming a burden for the Hawks. I understand them not wanting to include a first, especially because they traded three for DeJunte Murray in the offseason. But also, I don't think that's a fair price. I think John Collins, big contract and all, is a good player that would slot in next to Laurie Markkinen and uh, Walker Kessler really well and make that front court very athletic, very young. And all they have to give up is two guys that are on the trade market already. Dre, would you trade a first with that, or do you like the deal straight up as it is? I think the deal straight up they're going to play that. Um, I definitely do. I think, you know, having a guy like Jerry Vanderbilt, especially for the defensive, you just add some value. And then on top of that, you have another consistent Sheasley. Like you mentioned, if Bogdanovich is on the move. Um, but I like I like it from a lot of sides. You know, I feel like Malik Beasley could definitely be provided a lot of energy, like probably the, probably the Hawks' second unit, honestly. So, so and then on top of that, you know, John Collins in Utah, you pair him alongside a guy like Larry Markinen, who Utah is still, I mean, they're not as they were at the beginning of the year, but I feel like they yeah. still make some noise at the beginning of the year, you know, if everything goes, if everything does go well. So if that's a trade that you can make straight up, I would for it if you're, um, if you're Atlanta and, and Utah. Shams reported two things about the Hornets. Let's cover the first part first, then we'll get to the second part. Apparently, the Hornets are dangling Plumlee and Oubre, but they've also talked about Gordon Hayward. They're trying to sell their veterans. Rozier might be on the block as well, as the team prepares to just fully tank and get that top five draft odds. We spoke in the preseason pod, and I talked about I really wanted the Hornets, if they could find a way to do it, to sneak tank this year. Lomelo gets an injury, just lose as many fucking games as possible. And I think they're going to do it. I'm really, uh, yeah, if they get Wemby, if they get Scoot, it's a whole different story for the Charlotte Hornets. But right now they're dangling Plumlee and Oubre, assumedly Rozier and Hayward. Any thoughts on those players? Any potential fits? Do you like them? Do you not? I like it. I think it is time for Charlotte to really go in a new direction. I mean, honestly, Rozier is still a guy that has a lot of value. He's not a star by any means, but he's a guy that can really provide a lot of energy, especially for a playoff. We've seen it during his years in Boston. Um, and re- even, like, during this time of show, he really has emerged. Like, you know, he can be one of your top two or three options on the offensive end. So I know that in the past people were mentioning, you know, a Rozier trade to L.A. for Westbrook or what have you. Um, but he doesn't even just have to even be L.A. He could be any other, like, playoff team. Like, you could put him on other playoff teams out there. I'm trying to think of, like, just a random playoff team Miami or whatever like you know whatever whatever may have you so it's like you know honestly if I'm Rozier I would possibly want out you know if I'm Rozier like you know I don't want to waste my next few years on a tanking team I know the Charlotte is very young but let's be honest especially as far as this year especially as far as this year you know LaMelo I can't even think of how many kids LaMelo has even played this year so it's like yeah. you know I get it you know Charlotte but, you know, we all know what future may look like for them if they are to land like one of the top picks to your out one out. In opposite of Terry should want out, apparently Kelly Oubre, Lomelo's played 27 games this year. I just looked it up. Oubre has made an interview statement where he said, 
I love the players. I love the staff. I like it here in Charlotte. As long as you guys are having trade conversations, try and keep my name out of it. He wants to stay in Charlotte. I guess he likes it there. I guess he likes playing with LaMelo. If he gets moved to a playoff contender, I don't think he'll complain. But if they don't have to move it, it would be nice if they didn't. Another player on that team that doesn't have to be moved, apparently the Spurs, Suns, Raptors, Jazz, and Pacers, this is from Shams, which is a lot of teams, are calling about Jalen McDaniels, the 6'9 forward in Charlotte who is related to Jaden McDaniels, who's also having a breakout season for the Minnesota Timberwolves. There were some talks earlier this year about Jalen, but Charlotte seems to value him a lot now. What's interesting about this is that Jalen is an unrestricted free agent this summer. So any of these teams that are calling about him right now could just call him straight up this summer and offer him a fat contract. I think if you're the Hornets and you're trying to shed salary already by trading Terry Rozier, Mason Plumlee, uh, Ubre, Gordon Hayward, especially who makes a lot of money. It makes sense if you just drop the cash on Jalen McDaniels now and you lock in a six nine defensive forward with Lamelo and a top five draft pick this season. Dre, would you move him? Would you wait for the summer? For Jalen, I would say for the summer. I don't think they need to be in a rush to really make anything happen. You know, see. I mean, we still have like a few more days to the trade. I don't know if you'll find anything that, that you would primarily like out there for a guy like Jalen McDaniel. So if you can wait to the offseason, you can wait till time to like try to move that. Shams reported that the Raptors and Celtics expressed interest in Pirtle. The Raptors make sense. They haven't had a center since Sergi Baca and Marcus All were in town. I know they drafted Christian Coloco in the second round this year. He's had some good moments, but he's not like a rotation caliber player at this point. Um, so trading for a starting caliber center like Jakob Pirtle, who they did send out in the Kawhi trade, he's a former Raptor, makes a lot of sense to me. The Celtics, not as much. From what I've heard, the Celtics are looking for a third big man, a backup center, not necessarily to take any minutes away from Al Horford or Robert Williams, but more so as injury, injury insurance. So that, to me, says that they're probably not going to trade a first, let alone two firsts, for Jakob Pertl, which is what the Spurs' asking price is. But they're going to call about every backup center that's available. That means Plumlee. There's a report in here that they're looking at Kelly Olynyk, another former Celtic. Um, they're probably going to look at Sergi Baca in Milwaukee, and they're going to look up for a backup center. So, Dre, let me hear your thoughts on the Pirtle's fit with the Raptors and what you think the Celtics will do in terms of trying to get that backup center. Mm, just, this is my personal preference. Like, you know, with what yeah. Jakob brings to the table, especially defensively, I would love to see him a playoff contender. So yeah. I mean, look, Toronto's not a bad Toronto's not a bad sedation, but look at the direction that they're going. I personally wouldn't want to see him in that like going that direction for building and everything. So I mean, that's just my opinion. And for Boston, you know, if you are looking for like third string center, you know, behind Robert Williams and Al Horford, the role that he has in San Antonio right now. So I don't I wouldn't want to ask my third string who was barely gonna get playing time but practice there just in case one of the other two is to get hurt. So but as far as the both are looking for a guy of that caliber, I'm trying to think, you know, of center that they could possibly bring 
that could be that guy. Like, I don't know, maybe like a Dwayne Deadman, honestly. I mean, who has yeah. um, possibly anybody else. So, I don't know. I mean, to me, Yakupur, I feel like you should keep your options open if you are San Antonio and you are trying to move him and possibly move him to a destination where he could possibly thrive. Yeah, it'd be interesting about Pirtle. I think he's going to get moved. Whoever does trade for him, just like Jalen McDaniels, Yaka Pirtle is an unrestricted free agent. So you have to pony up. You got to pay him if you do trade for him. Otherwise, you're going to lose him, and then you traded stuff for nothing. Um, Chris Haynes reported. We talked about Bones Highland last week in our episode with CT. Shout out CT. That was a good episode talking almost exclusively about Denver Nuggets. Chris Haynes has reported that the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Charlotte Hornets are two teams that have asked about Bones Highland. The Hornets don't make a ton of sense to me because they have LaMelo Ball, but it does make sense if they're just looking to add young talent to that core and see how it all fits together. I can see the the thought process behind that, especially if a team like Denver can acquire a guy like I mean, they would ask for Jalen McDaniels, which is the issue because they can't do that. Terry Rozier makes too much money. You'd have to add somebody. Same with Gordon Hayward. Maybe Plumlee, though. If you can get Plumlee, who was the backup center to Jokic three, four, five years ago, I know, and was probably the best backup center that Denver has had under Jokic, I think that would make some sense there. With the Minnesota, the D'Angelo Russell is a free agent, and the, after this year, and. I guess maybe uh, they might re-sign him, but if not, they need an heir to that point guard throne. And while they could use a passer, a floor general type, having a scorer like Bones Highland could prove to be a cool backcourt mate to Anthony Edwards, would add a cheap option to the backcourt and youth to the backcourt. I'm not sure what they would send back, but they have been shopping guys like Jalen Noel and Nas Reed. Nas Reed, who could also be a fantastic backup big for Jokic, and I think could even play the four in some lineups with Jokic as well. Dre, what are your thoughts about Bones' fit with either of those guys and the potential pieces that could go back to the Nuggets as they gear up for what we're looking at, like a championship run? That's what they're focused on this year. Yeah, um, it, both of them sound cool. I, I'm not mad at you one of them, but if I had to choose one of the others as far as destination for Bones, I think maybe Minnesota, at least for right now. Now, building for this, you know, you can you can have him with Charlotte. I mean, he's still very young, probably like 21, 22, 23 years old, so you can have him in the future if that is, you know, what he will want, per se, but, you know, I think in Minnesota, especially in the direction of Bowling, great for the second unit, you know, and, um, I know I don't know what the trade would look like, but if you would have to trade to a guy like you know Jen Weller, whoever it is, I would be cool for you know Bones. I mean Bones is proof, you know besides the the um, besides the behind situation, and a few other guys, he shows that he can provide quality energy. You know he's he's a great knockdown shooter. He's not, he's not afraid to like contact. So you know even like at this early like in this early in his career, he has shown really like a lot of flashes of what he can possibly be so i met at both scenarios but i guess maybe for a right now perspective i'll go minnesota i like i like i like the charlotte as well yeah outside of the reported issues with mike malone and the system and in denver his defense bones highland has just been 
terrible this year. Worse than it was last oh, year. Yeah, it was easily. bad last year. On a team with Jokic, you just can't have that because if guys are blowing by you, they're going to score because Jokic isn't – he's gotten better, but he's not like an elite rim protector by any means. It makes a little bit more sense for her, him to learn this in a place like Minnesota where they have a point of attack defender in Jaden McDaniels as well as a rim protector in Rudy Gobert. So I think he can cover some of his flaws a little bit better in that system. Keith Pompey, a Sixers beat reporter – has reported that the Kings and the Golden State Warriors are looking at Matisse Thibel. This makes some sense. The Kings could use more perimeter defense, and adding an athletic young wing like Thibel would make some sense. I'm not sure what they would send back in return. The Sixers could still use a backup center, so a guy like Rashawn Holmes might make sense in a deal like that. On the other hand, Golden State, they like collecting young wings that are defensive, and specifically guys have been sort of written off by their former teams. Gary Payton the second was a guy like this mm-hmm. who has been written off by the league, played defense or small height. And they picked up right. And then they picked up a guy like Dante DiVincenzo, who was traded at the deadline last year, and the Kings didn't give him a lot of playing time, and he jumped so ship over to Golden State. I think Thibault makes a lot of sense for that, too. I, I like the fit better in Sacramento, truthfully, than I do in Golden State. But I see the the thought process behind both of those. Not sure who Golden State would send back. It wouldn't be any of the young guys, Wiseman, Moody, or Kuminga. It wouldn't be any of those guys. It would probably be a guy like Jermichael Green and a couple of second rounders or something like that. Dre, your thoughts on the Thibault rumors? I like I like both scenarios. Uh, Sacramento, I feel, I, honestly, I I could possibly agree with you. Sacramento may be the better the better fit for him. The only thing Golden State will would definitely embrace him and could really utilize him, especially on defensive end. But I think probably he would have is an offense and his perimeter shooting, and I think that's yeah. probably the biggest thing for him. So if he could go into Golden State and he could become. I mean, not even – I wouldn't even say a 40, but, like, just a very efficient shooter. And then, of course, what he brings on, on the defensive end, I feel like that would be, that would be like, really major for the second unit. But I think that would definitely be his downfall. There's nothing wrong with second as a young team on the rise. You know, I think that they could definitely use some more defensive asset team. So that may possibly that may possibly be the better fit for him. Steve Bullpit, a Celtics writer for Heavy.com. I'm not sure how valid his sources or his reporting are, but he reported that the Heat and the Celtics are both looking at Kelly Olynyk, a guy that's played for both of those franchises in the past. The Heat are likely looking for an upgrade at their backup center position because Dwayne Dedman at this, pay, at this point is pretty much a corpse. Um, looks almost as old as Udonis Haslam out there. Or they could start Kelly at the four with Bam and just load up on size because the Heat haven't really had a real power forward this year. So just adding a big man could make a lot of sense. And Kelly Linux pretty fucking good. The Celtics, we just talked about, they're looking for a backup center. A familiar face in Kelly Olenek would be really, really good for them. I'm not Ooh, sure nice. what it will cost to get him because Utah has been pretty stingy with their trades. They're always asking for picks, and they're not going to get a first from either the Heat or the Celtics for Kelly Olenek. Maybe they'll take some seconds and a guy like um, – Omer Yurtsevin, like they have in, in Miami, a young guy like that. Max Struess is going to be a free agent this offseason, and 
the last time that they had a white guy that shot really well and went off free agency, they gave him $90 million to never play again. Duncan Robinson is still riding on their bench. Do they really want to pay Max Struess this offseason, or maybe they move him? On the Celtics side, I would imagine it would be – Honestly, maybe the the Jazz would be interested in Peyton Pritchard. He's had some interviews where he's not happy with his role. The writing was kind of on the wall when they uh, traded for Malcolm Brogdon, who took all of the backup minutes. Right. Um, And Peyton has said, when I'm done here next year, when I'm done, I would like a bigger role. So not necessarily saying he's leaving Boston, but he's probably going to leave Boston. So maybe they could trade him for a Kelly Olynyk type. Dre, those two teams with Kelly Olynyk, how do you feel? I like it. I think Boston is a really good fit. You know, that's a familiar territory. Uh, that type of guy, you know, when we're talking about first string center, you know, I mean, I know, I know what he provides for us. You know, he can, he's a pretty decent defender. You know, he can face offense. So, you know, he's a good guy. You know, if you need him, you know, he can, he can definitely do that for us. I would be mad at it for Boston's effective. I don't know if you have a role in Utah, but right. the I don't really know have a bigger role out there, but I mean, you just yeah. never know. So honestly, if I had to choose, I would I would definitely want to see Kelly Olenny back in Boston. I feel like he'll be a really good fit for the team. You know, he's been there before, and he he could give he could give them some quality minutes in the playoffs. You never know. I agree. I think the Celtics would be very happy with Kelly Olenek as their trade deadline acquisition. Mark Stein, who's giving us a lot of rumors in this piece, reported that the Cavs have expressed, the Cleveland Cavaliers have expressed interest in Josh Hart. Jeremy Grant is pretty much guaranteed not to be traded at this point. They were they offered him a four-year max extension. Even if he declines that, they're going to take it in the summer. It's clear they're going to attempt to re-sign him and not trade him. But I have looked at rumors, and people keep listing Josh Hart as one of the quote-unquote most likely players to be moved at the deadline. I'm becoming to uh, I'm coming to the conclusion that Josh Hart will simply be traded at the deadline. I like him for the Cavs. I think he's a better shooter than Isaac Okoro, but I think he's maybe not not as good as a defender as Isaac Okoro. He's probably a better defender than Jetty Osman, but not as good as a scorer or a shooter as Jetty Osman. So I get the fit. He's more experienced. He probably starts at the three next to Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, but... Uh, like they traded uh, a pick for Karis LeVert. I don't know if I would trade a pick for Karis LeVert. And I don't know if I would trade a pick for Josh Hart. So I like the fit. It just depends on the cost. And if there is a cost, why not try to uh, target someone that's bigger as a wing? Because what they really need is a big wing that can shoot, like a Dean Wade who's a little bit more consistent. Trey, what do you think about Josh Hart's fit in Cleveland? To be honest, I'm actually very surprised that Portland had him in trade talks, honestly. I don't know. I just felt like, you know, he just rolled there was actually pretty well. I mean, I know that Portland's been very inconsistent over the past few months, but, yeah. you know, honestly, Cleveland is it's interesting because I do like Isaac Corp. We all know that he's not the shooter that other guys is, but, you know, his, his energy is what makes him so good. So it's what allows him to rotation minutes. 
So and Josh Hart, Josh Hart can knock down shots, but he's not the assistant shooter, and he's definitely not as good of a defender as a He does do all the scrappy work, the cleanup work. You know, he's going to be under the basket for rebounds. We all know what he brings to the table from that perspective. But I don't know. I mean, honestly, I mean, if they could find a way to get him, cool. But I don't. I just don't see how he really fits. You know, especially our yeah. really rotation like you know, possibly beating Isaac Cortman or City Osman or I don't know Dean Wade or whoever. You know, for those minutes. So if they can find a way to get him, cool, but. I don't. I don't know how he fits in the rotation per se. Yeah, I, I would just have to see it. I agree with you. I think the reason that Portland is shopping him is because they're going to have Dame Ant and Jeremy Grant on near max contracts, and Josh Hart is a player option for this upcoming season of twelve million dollars a year. I would anticipate him declining that. I don't know if he gets much more than that in his next contract, but you're probably going to have to commit some long-term money to him, whoever acquires him or if Portland keeps him. So it makes sense that they're looking to shop him and preparing to pay Jeremy Grant the maximum contract this coming offseason. I think I've only got like one more here or two more. Uh, Andrew Grief of the LA Times reported that John Wall might get bought out if no trade materializes. It makes some sense to me. John Wall hasn't been like he has been bad play style. He hasn't been bad in Los Angeles for the Clippers, but he just hasn't fit the team or the roster very well. He needs a big man to run the pick and roll with and when Zubats is in the starting lineup, as he always is, sometimes their minutes don't overlap. And when he's with the wing lineups, it doesn't fit as well. His shooting has been bad this year, his three-point shooting. So he's been more so of a slasher and a passer, which has some, some help. But on this roster, they've got guys that are better than that um, doing it already. Terrence Mann is starting. He's bigger, he's stronger, and he does the same things that John Wall is doing right now for that team. So I understand why they're looking to move on from him, especially as a team that has guards like Luke Kennard, Norm Powell, and Reggie Jackson that need minutes, and a team that's been looking to upgrade that starting point guard. They have reported interest in FEV and Mike Conley, as well as having interest in Kyrie Irving before he was dealt to the Mavericks. If he is bought out, I really don't think someone's going to trade for him. I, I, I don't see I don't a fit. Yeah, I don't see there's a fit. And that's not an indictment of John Wall. She just hasn't played in two years, and he hasn't played very well this year. But if he's bought out, I think he would be guaranteed to be signed. Who do you think would sign him, though? I could see the, the Wizards bringing him back for a reunion. I could see a team like Miami uh, or even the Lakers, a contender that just wants to get as much talent as possible in the room down the roster fit. I could see guys like that, but Dre, do you have any other thoughts, or do you want to explore the fits on teams that I've already mentioned? As far as other teams, I honestly don't know. Sure. I'm really trying to think of other teams per se, but to me, from the Clippers' perspective, I mean, it's just a situation that hasn't worked out. In my opinion, I feel like they were one year from the John Wall. Because I think if they would have acquired him here, he probably could have produced from them a little bit better because, you know, coming off of a great year at Houston and then, of course, having missed that whole year, you know, being a part of the Rockies roster but not necessarily playing, I right. feel like they may probably hurt John Wall to a degree. So, I mean, he can be a great a great backup point guard. I still think that he brings a lot to the table, but I don't know if there's a team that yeah. necessarily would call off for him. 
So, honestly, if he is to get bought out by the Clippers, I don't know. I would possibly say possibly wait wait till the end of the season, you know, become free agent, and then, you know, this summer, you know, possibly see if there's any moves for him or see if there's any destinations for him. I just, yeah. I just have to right now. Yeah, I agree. If he's bought out, I'd probably expect the Heat. Um, I wouldn't mind him in Bucks colors. Like, I still think his movement on offense is something that the Bucks offense sorely lacks. I just wouldn't play him in the playoffs past the first round. And if he doesn't want to be on a team that would do that, I fully understand if he wants to go somewhere else. But I still could see Washington. I mean, why the fuck not? Just bring back the team together for a one-year veterans minimum. Yeah. I mean, they have nothing to lose from that perspective. Yeah, and I think they would do the same thing if, if Russell Westbrook got involved in the trade at the deadline and he was bought out by the team that acquired him. I think it would be the same thing for the Wizards there. Um, Sam Amick, who's a very good uh, reporter, most of his stuff is very legit, reported that half the league has called about Bogdan Bogdanovich. This is the one that's in Atlanta, not Boyan Bogdanovich, who is looking to be very unlikely to be traded after a lot of rumors earlier this month. Bogdan Bogdanovich on the Hawks so one is an expiring contract for $18 million. Um, so you'd have to pay him if you want to keep him. But he makes a lot of sense as like a, a guy that adds offense for uh, the second half of the year, pushing into the playoff uh, routine with teams that need offense. I mean, he shoots very well. He can pass it, but he's like a three-level scorer. He's had some injury concerns, but he seems to be healthy this year. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Bogdan as a player, and are there any teams out there that you could see a fit for? For my analysis on Bogdan, you know, he's definitely a guy that anybody would want to bring, you know, who does bring quality offense, who can be a great knockdown shooter. You know, even during the Hawks playoff run in 2021 when they got to the conference finals, so we know especially in the postseason, so he stays ready. Um, I'm I'm actually a guy that would have wanted the Hawks to keep him, but you know if they can move on and find something better. I'm all for. Like, I mean, like we mentioned, you know, with a guy like Malik Beasley coming to the team, you know, like you know, with mm. him coming to the team and him providing a lot of energy, you know, that's definitely a guy that you would want to bring in and possibly go about down if it's four. So, but at least from a playoff contending perspective, um, I would love him to go. State sure. personally, I know that he may be the greatest defender, but he does come in and he does provide a lot of quality offense. So I would love to see it from that perspective. Um, I don't know, maybe I don't know if Dallas could use him. Dallas could possibly use him personally. Sure. I don't know if that would be an ideal fit, but you know, just any playoff team, I mean, well, what should should go for a guy like Bogdanovich? Yeah, it's a little weird because you have to match the 18 million, but I don't think he's too expensive. Like you mentioned, a guy like Malik Beasley could take his minutes, but honestly, by next season, I think a guy like AJ Griffin takes his minutes anyways. You know, he's coming off the bench, he's scoring, he's playing offense. I could see him in Miami. They need offense. He's a bit bigger than Tyler Hero. I could see him in Philly. If they could figure out the money there, PJ hasn't really been good this year, even though I'd probably keep him for the defense. You could probably do a straight swap there with a couple of seconds for Bogdan, and then you have – I mean, the 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 Sixers could use more creation, I think, especially guys that can make their own shot and create their own shot. I think that's it on the eastern side. Looking at the west, the Nuggets, sure. The Grizzlies, sure. If the Kings are interested in Matisse Thybul, they could be interested in Bogdan for scoring purposes 
the Suns, they've talked about. I've heard rumors of the Suns before. Um, they need more scoring. They need more shooting. Yeah. He could be a guy that maybe is involved in a Jay Crowder type of deal. Yeah, is is um, there a team that possibly still wants to trade for a guy like Jay Crowder? You know, who hasn't oh, yeah. played all year. You know, we know what he brings to the table, but I guess maybe for right away not you know we know his history but there may be some teams that are looking like looking at it like you know we haven't seen this guy at all this year so is he ready to push right now i don't think you trade for him if you want him to help you win games in the regular season i think you trade for him and you bring him on a really really slowly um in the regular season because you acquire him to be a 16 game player he, he is a championship run type of dude. So I think if you're a team that's on the brink, you know, like between the eight and 10 seed in the play in right now, maybe you don't target a guy like Jay Crowder because you need someone that can help you right now. But the reason that Jay hasn't been traded so far is because the Suns need a playoff rotation caliber guy in return for Jay Crowder. But the people that want Jay Crowder are trading for a guy who's a playoff rotation caliber guy. Why would they trade a playoff rotation guy when they're looking for a guy like Jay Crowder back? So most of their offers have been picks, not first rounders, but second rounders with guys that might be able to help them right now, like the Bucks offer right now. Now that we're at the deadline, there's so much more potential for three-team deals, four-team deals, five-team deals, mm -hmm. where it doesn't have to be a straight swap. You know, you don't have to do Bogdan Bogdanovich for Jay Crowder, which makes sense for both teams, actually, and I think you could do something there. But you could do a deal where, you know, like the, where they've tried to do it with the Bucks, where the Bucks send some stuff to the Houston Rockets, the Rockets send Eric Gordon to the Suns, and the Suns send Jay Crowder to us. The deadline's going to open way more stuff like that. Honestly, like I'm looking at the roster, the, 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 the teams right now, Celtics would love to have Jay Crowder. The 76ers would love to have Jay Crowder. The Nets, who could use some more defense now after that deal, I could see them going after Jay Crowder. The Cavs, I would rather give up stuff for Jay Crowder than Josh Hart if I'm the Cavs. The Heat went to the finals the last time they had Jay Crowder. The Knicks, I'd rather trade one pick for Jay Crowder than three for OG Ananobi right now. Not that he's better than OG Ananobi. The Hawks could use him. The Bulls could use him. On the west side, hey, the Nuggets could use another wing. Fuck it. The Grizzlies could use a wing that plays defense. I'd rather start Jay Crowder than Dylan Brooks right now. The Kings would love that. Like, I'm going through all these teams. Basically, every team that's in the playoffs could use a Jay Crowder. It's just that the trade mechanics have been really weird, especially with what Phoenix wants in return. So right. it's going to heat up. I think he's going to be part of a three or four team deal, even though the most likely thing is he still ends up in Milwaukee. And I really do want him in Milwaukee as a Bucks fan. Um, we, we I, I want him in the playoff rotation. He's huge. He plays defense. I don't even care if he hits threes or not, truthfully. So I, I do think there's a lot of teams that would want him if they got the chance. And I think that chance will present itself um, when there are deals at the deadline. Speaking of deals, Dre, I don't have any listed out on my paper. I was busy researching. Honestly, I spent like 40 minutes getting all the links for the Kyrie stuff, and then they just tweeted out that he got traded, which is fucking awesome. Um, so those are all the trade rumors that I had listed out. But based off of that, Dre, you have a couple of trades that you cooked up based off of what you've been hearing. Let's share them. Let's see what you got. So, um I was up. I was up early this morning, just you know, playing around with the trade. I shout out to NBA Trade. Uh, NBA Swap is an app uh, that you can make uh, a few uh, trades for. So mm -hmm. I was playing a little bit. Um, I actually have a few on the table. So this is one I definitely will want to hear from you because I know you're a Milwaukee guy. Like, this is just this is just me playing. So sure, sure. I have a trade. So mm -hmm. 
So the Bucks, we get a guy like Harrison Barnes. You know, I think we both like Harrison Barnes. Pretty solid, pretty decent piece. Yeah. And a second round in exchange for Milwaukee, we'll be sending Greg Allen, George Hill, and Serge Ibaka. I want to hear you. Actually, that's not bad at all. Um, I, I like Harrison Barnes. I think he's better than Jay Crowder, and I wouldn't mind getting him. Um, I But I wouldn't trade Grayson for Jay Crowder. It's different with Harrison Barnes because Barnes has won a title. He's way better offensively than Jay Crowder, yeah, and he's got yeah, a similar build. So I actually really like that deal. Um, we dealt with the Kings at the deadline last year where we sent uh, DiVincenzo their way and we got Ibaka in a couple of seconds in a multi-scene deal with the Clippers. So we have experience trading with them before. If that was like the one move that the Bucks made at the deadline, I'd be very, very happy with that. And I think the Kings wouldn't be too mad about that either. The Hills, whatever, Ibaka can help them as a backup center, but Grayson Allen adds another big-time shooter to their roster. I like that. I like that. Yes, definitely. So here's another one that I have, and this this is a Jake Crowder trade. But it, you know, it is to Miami. You know, familiar destination sure. for him. Last time, like you mentioned, last time they did have Jake Crowder. They did get to the NBA Finals. So what if you send Jay Crowder and Toy Craig to the Miami Heat in exchange Victor Oladipo and Caleb Martin? Hmm. Actually, that's not too – Caleb Martin's on like a four-year deal. I think that helps out the Suns a lot. And you mentioned right. – um, who was the other guy? Uh, um, so for the Miami, they get Jarrett and, and Torrey Craig. Depot. And yeah, oh, yeah, Depot, Depot too. I don't mind that. If I'm the Suns, they probably ask for Max Struess instead. And if I'm Miami, I probably say yes to that. I like the idea of adding Craig in there too, just more defense for Miami. They love having these lengthy defenders. But I could see that. That's super realistic. And and if they got Crowder, I think things change over the second half of the season for the Heat. Right. And Involving OG and Anobi. This is Toronto and uh and Memphis. So mm. Grizzlies clearly is making 17 mil, 17 million right now. And he's on a three-year contract. And the Raptors will be getting a guy like Dylan Brooks, Zaire Williams, mm. in a in a first round pick of 2023. What do you think of? I like that. I think the Raptors ask for one more pick, even with Zaire in there, but that's not bad at all. Two picks with Zaire and, and Dylan Brooks for OG. If I'm Memphis, I don't blink. I do that. That's a pretty good deal. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can definitely see it from your perspective of, you know, especially if you're sending away a guy like OG and Obi, you know, you're doing another pick. I, think, I want to say Memphis had another first-round pick, I think it's for 20, so I don't know if they would yeah, want to send that out or not. I think Memphis has all their picks. They could send a bunch if they wanted to. We mentioned earlier right. that they're probably going to save sending a bunch of picks for a KD deal. But if it's just two, or even if it's one with a bunch of seconds, like your deal is talking about, if if the Raptors value Zaire pretty highly, I think that's super, super worth it for OG. Because if you're a Denver, if you're a Memphis, if you're a, a young team in the West and you want to make the finals this year, you're going to have to acquire a big wing that plays defense, man. And OG Ananobi is, is probably the best one that you can get right now. Easily, by far, by far. And this is the last one that I have. I actually posted this on sure. Twitter earlier earlier this morning. So I this was me. I don't know if this would be an ideal move that both teams will make, but I really like it. So it involves Chicago and the distance. So mm-hmm. for Chicago, I added Killian Hayes from Detroit and 
Chicago will be sitting to, to in exchange is guys like Corn Dragic, Daniel, first round pick of this year. I saw that. I actually have it pulled up right now. I'm on your Twitter. Okay. This app that you're using, by the way, how is it? I, I've only used Fanspo before. Did, can you put protections yeah. on picks and stuff? I didn't try. You might be able to. Yes. Okay. I was using ESPN. My ESPN was acting crazy, so I just ended up finding the app, and I just added it this morning. So, I mean, it works really well for me. Um, I like the idea of adding Killian to the Bulls as like a, because Lonzo's out 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need the first there. I think Dalen has more uh, years on his contract left, right. and I think the yeah. Pistons have five years that. on his contract. Yeah. So Terry and Goron without the first round pick, I think that gets you Killian without it, and they can keep their 2023. But I like the idea of Killian in Chicago, and I like the idea of Dalen Terry somewhere that he'll play more because I'm pretty high on Dalen Terry. I'm a fan, man. And, and that's the thing too. Chicago, they're very high on him too. So I don't know if they will really even be willing to trade a guy like him. But honestly, I think it will work for both with Goran Dragic on an expiring contract, so I don't know if they yeah. would want to decide to keep him or waive him. So I mean, really up in the air for them if that were to happen. The thing with Dalen is that if they're not trading Io, you know, there's like a few rumors that they might trade Io. I really like. I think Chicago's not necessarily a smart team, but I don't think they're dumb. And trading Io is dumb. If you're going right. to keep Io and assumedly pay him the next time he's available to get paid, it would make sense to uh, to to uh, trade a guy like Dalen Terry to a different team, maybe not in return for a guard like Killian, but for a wing or something like that. Honestly, if uh, if the Suns are looking for a guard of the future, like Chris, you know, to, to inherit Chris Paul's throne when he gets too old or he already is too old, Dalen Terry should be a guy that they're targeting. Jay Crowder's not enough for that. Maybe they need a pick or something. But I, I like where you're going with with Terry. If I was a smart team, I'd probably be calling about Dalen Terry on Thursday. Definitely. I mean, he. I mean, he's he's shown a lot of production. I mean, even early in his career. So I mean, like I said, I mean, Chicago, they are really big fans of him. But if you can, I mean, to me, like the way the way that I looked at this trade was, you know, it's definitely a right now situation. You know, Killian's had Killian's shown his emergence in Detroit, you know, especially with K being out, you know, for most of the season. And on top of that, I mean, we he definitely doesn't bring what Lonzo brings defensively. But yeah. you know, from a playmaking perspective, you know, he definitely can add value to them, and then you know, take a lot of pressure, you know, off of guys like Zach Levine, um, Demar Derozan, and other guys. Before we wrap this up, um, the trade part, and move on to just some news from around the association, Dre, give me one, two, three players or teams that you're most excited to see get moved or make a move on Thursday. Oh, man, three players. Um, I know this is a guy – I don't know. I mean, this is a guy that's been in trade rumors for, like, the longest, but I don't know if John Collins was possibly get moved or oh, not. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, like, that could be really interesting to see, you know, what Atlanta could bring in return. Um, for a guy, for a guy like him, um, trying to think of anyone else, honestly. Um, I know that I know that Jeremy Grant is off the market, which I mean, which is which is deserved. You know, he's definitely, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's definitely played Good pretty well for them. Um, Kyrie's already gone. Um, right, right. It doesn't yeah, have to be three if you're up. That's totally fine, dog. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think he's easier out. Yeah, I agree. That's true. Like, if if you're the Nets, right, 
And Kevin Durant, to my knowledge, does not have a no trade clause. And uh, Phoenix calls you. Let's let's go with lowest case scenario. Like I would probably wait for a team that has uh, Scotty or or Brandon Ingram, and they offer them in a trade. But let's say Phoenix calls you, and they can trade eight first round picks. That's how many picks they have right now, right? They offer you all eight picks: Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. They don't give you Mikael Bridges, or or actually, sorry, eight picks or f- like six six seven picks. Uh, Cam Johnson and DeAndre Ayton for KD on Thursday, like 20 minutes before the deadline. You have to make a decision right now. Do you pull the trigger on that if you're Sean Marks? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, right. For that, I mean, I, I get it. I was Kevin Durant, but for that, that picks, I'm not about it, though. But, like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, guys like Jay Crowder and DeAndre Ayton, that's not the for a team like yeah. Oakland, I mean, it would definitely help them regress. You know, it may be a new direction where they possibly build around DeAndre Aiden. If that's, I mean, actually, that would be what DeAndre Aiden will watch. Like, you know, yeah. him not be too happy in Phoenix, you know, he'll be able to start over. He could possibly, he possibly be the franchise guy in Brooklyn, but I don't know if I would trade that many picks for a 34, 35-year-old Kevin Durant. That's just me. I feel you. I feel you. Um, there's a chance that someone gives that offer to Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks at some point, but I agree with you. It's probably going to be in the summer. I'm. We've been talking about him since before the season began, but I am pretty interested in seeing where Jay Crowder goes. I hope it is to Milwaukee. Like, I've had several thoughts about this where I don't want Jay Crowder. I do want Jay Crowder. I'm at the point where I don't want to trade Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, but I think we can get him without trading Grayson. And I would really like Jay Crowder in our playoff rotation this year. Outside of that, it looks like if there's anyone that's going to be get traded on Thursday, it's going to be Bones Highland. And I'm really excited because I love Bones Highland. He might have some weird shit with Mike Malone and Denver, but it doesn't seem like he's a bad kid by any means. And he's really talented. He's one of the more fun players to watch out there. So I really hope he lands somewhere that fosters that personality. I think Minnie's a pretty good Yeah. Like what could they what could they possibly bring in uh, in return for Bones? So Denver is looking for a couple of things, defensive help and a backup center. I don't think Bones is necessarily worth Jakob Pertle, and I don't think the uh, Nuggets are going to send a pick. But maybe Josh Richardson and a couple of seconds, or Josh Richardson and one of the extra firsts that San Antonio has. I think that Jay Rich is a very solid uh, player who's similar to Bruce Brown and Christian Brown, who they're already playing, and just have another guy to plug into that thing. You could try and get Sean McDermott, who's a two-way player that shoots threes, a veteran guy. I don't think you're getting Vassell or Kelvin Johnson or anything like that. Yeah, easily. Maybe, no. You could maybe try and get Ty uh, and, um Trey Jones, Tyus Jones's brother, who's played really well for San Antonio. He plays a little bit more defense than Bones, so maybe he could be in your playoff rotation. I like the Spurs. I like the Suns, too. I think the Suns just need to get a point guard um, for when Chris Paul – I mean, there's rumors that Chris Paul might get traded, but uh, when Chris Paul retires or if he gets – you know, if he's like 37 or 38, he can probably make like 20 minutes a game and you save him for the playoffs. You need someone that's going to play most of those minutes. And there are young point guards like Emmanuel Quickly and Bones Highland out there. Um, it sounds like Quickly is not likely to get moved this year. But anytime there's a yeah. young point guard on the market, the Suns should be paying attention. 
I think there's a lot of teams that should be in that boat. But I'm really interested to see what happens with Bones. And I guess the last guy I'll choose is Vando. One of the weirdest players in the NBA because he's got no really offensive game, but his defense is so legit. His energy is so legit. And I just think he helps you play winning basketball. There's a lot of rumors that he's the number one target for the Sixers at this trade deadline. And they've actually had some pretty good trades lately. I don't mean James Harden, but that DeAnthony Melton trade was really, really good for them great. on draft day. And when Maxi and Harden were both out with injury this season, Melton was starting at the point and just playing really, really good basketball for them. I think Vanderbilt would be a very similar pickup for them and would make them a little bit scarier in the Eastern Conference. So those are the guys that I'm interested in. Um, Dre and I might, that's an asterisk, might go live on Thursday. I'm trying to get my work shift switched uh, to remote because I'm usually remote on Mondays and Fridays. They usually let me switch when I want to. So um, maybe we won't go live, but we'll definitely be more active on Twitter and maybe just like they will open a space or something for a little bit on that day when everything is happening because like it's not the best day of the NBA year because that's the finals. That's the playoffs. We love to play. We actually want to watch people play the game, you know, but it might be the most exciting, like few hours of the NBA year every year. I mean, it never disappoints. We thought we were in for a weird, like kind of low key deadline. And then Kyrie gets traded like out of fucking nowhere. Right. Trey. Yeah, definitely. You know, this is honestly, you know, I can't imagine like energy like for a lot of NBA players during this deadline day. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are gonna get moved who may love playing in the in the destination that they're at. Unfortunately, you know, the NBA is a business at the end of the day, so you have to make some of those necessary trades, especially if you're a playoff contender to help elevate your team. So, you know, honestly, I remember last year, you know, I think I wanna say CJ McCall's the one that kicked off the trade deadline, you know, when he ended up getting traded oh. to New Orleans. So we may see that. And I want to say that happened the day before the deadline. So if we could possibly get something like that, yeah, something like that that kicks something off, you know, that would be great. And there were still like 12 to 15 trades the day of, too. You know, like there was a, I think right. it broke the record for trades on deadline day last year. And honestly, it could be broken again this year. So, I, yeah, so Kyrie might be the CJ trade of this year. The year before that, it was the PJ trade that broke two or three days before the deadline happened. And I personally don't anticipate any more trades. Like maybe Wednesday night, like the night before the deadline, I could see a deal happening. But I really don't think anything's going to happen on Monday or Tuesday of this week if so we might be in for some craziness but that is it for the trade stuff if that's all you came for you can tune out dre let's talk really quickly about the steph curry injury um an mri last night confirmed that curry suffered partial tears to his superior tibiofibular ligaments and interosseous membrane as well as a contusion to his lower leg very vague it means nothing to me but i sent it over to a buddy of mine who's in med school who's really close to being a doctor not that this means it's like 100 percent accurate but this is the information i got from him uh it's basically a high ankle sprain it's just technical speak for a high ankle sprain and a bone bruise on his leg um, he said the timeline for a high ankle sprain is sort of confusing because Pat Mahomes had that injury in the playoffs in the NFL, and he's kind of like just playing right now. But he's saying probably two to four weeks. So it's not that bad for Steph Curry. You know, he's going to miss the all-star game. I wonder who's going to replace him in the all-star game. I hope SGA starts. That'd be pretty cool. Um, and maybe they choose like D Fox to replace him. I'd be into that or Ant. We all love Ant. 
but I don't think he's going to be out much longer than the All-Star break, maybe a week or two after that. Dre, any thoughts on Curry's injury? Another uh, significant loss. Uh, luckily, yeah. it's not as bad as as what it may have looked, you know, the last time he was Dallas, but you know, it's another setback for Golden State, you know, who is trying to find their way to get in, you know, we're one game right now above 500, so you know, it's unfortunate that he won't be able to play in the Austin. It's nice to you know that he may be, like, I would say he probably comes early March, honestly, probably like early March, per se, for me. And then there's this John Moran thing. Um, according to sources, the remarks directed at them by Pac, who's a member of uh, John Moran's friend group, um, come get some of this and you don't know how we roll. I'll show you what, what I got. They get into cars and we're in front of security following a game between the Indiana Pacers and Memphis Grizzlies on January 29th in Memphis. Acquaintances of Grizzlies star John Moran aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party near the teams as bus in the loading area of FedEx Forum, and later, someone in a slow-moving SUV, which Morant was riding in, trained a red laser on them, that red dot music. Um, this is kind of concerning uh, because Ja has, you know, he, he tweeted about the sounds that a hollow, make, hollow makes before, like insinuating about, you know, using silencers on his guns or hollow point bullets, something like that. Uh, as well as that report from the summer that he beat up a teenager. You remember that, Dre? He like got in a yeah, fight with crazy. a teenager and really fucked him up. I I think that Jaws like a good dude, but we're starting to get it like Gilbert Arenas level type of stuff. And I'm really starting to get a little bit concerned because this could spiral out of control. I don't know, Dre. Am I overreacting? Do you feel different or similarly? No, I mean, there's, there's definitely concern. Um like I said, we love Ja. You know, we know that he's a great player. Yeah, we know yeah. what he brings to the table. You know, he's one of the one of the most interesting guys when I'm watching the NBA. But you know, with these type of stories, you know, I just think that there's just always been some situations, and I know that you know at least at least in the way it's not Ja himself, but it's you know the around him. But yeah, you, know, you are representing, you know. So that's that's my perspective. But I don't know, like for Jaws, like you know, I just don't. Like you don't have to put on you know, this tough guy image. You know, what I'm saying we know who you are as a player and everything, man. It's just it's harder ways that we can handle situations. So, like I said, I don't really know the whole story in detail, but like from looking, you know, a few articles on the athletic and everything, it's just you know there's better ways to handle situations like that. I saw a report just now. Um, hold on, someone was tweeting about it. Uh, sources familiar with Durant's thinking tell the Daily News that the star forward has been less than enthralled with Simmons. <laughs> so maybe Katie doesn't like playing with Ben. I don't really blame him. Yeah. <laughs> so much drama within the Brooklyn Nets, so much drama within the NBA, and there's plenty of more drama to go. The most dramatic day in the NBA season is on four days on Thursday, February 9th. Dre and I will send you some content on that day. But until then, we appreciate you. Actually, Dre, do you want to shout out the uh, Nick Andre at Nick Andre ATR on Twitter? Dre, what do you have coming out? Shout out the Patreon. Get people to subscribe. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. First and foremost, follow us on Hoop to the Pod. Give us wherever you listen to, Apple, Spotify, whatever it is. I think that we are deserving yes, of that. As yes, for me, follow me at Nick ATR uh, on Twitter. I have a lot of things coming out. You know, I'm doing active writing, you know, throughout the week. Um, yes, sir. 
Players Part 3, Week 4 is underway um, today. He don't want this episode about, so make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out this episode. Um, and then also, shout, shout out to uh, Sports Area Atlanta Hawks and shout out to uh, Off the Ball Network. Um, is that it? Follow me at underscore Goosefer. If you care, you do not have to. We appreciate you opening your third eye and discovering the hoop truth with us yet again. We will catch you in less than a week on Thursday. Dre, appreciate you. Deuces, guys. Yes, sir. Deuces.